Welcome to Make Pods Great Again. I'm your host, John Woolley, content creator for the Instagram page, Make Wads Great Again. Welcome back to the show, gang. I am solo tonight. My girl, Nikki, blew me off, had some sort of family emergency, which I think was code for she didn't want to talk to me tonight. And uh, so she's not here. So I can literally hear you guys clicking off the dial. But before you all leave, uh, we got a really fun show tonight. So uh, Jason Ackerman is is with me. So Jason's a best-selling author. He's a level four seminar coach. He's got his own podcast, Best Hour of the Day, that you guys probably all listen to, and uh, CEO of Thunderbro, which is, we're definitely talking about that, because I just love the term Thunderbro. I want to be a Thunderbro. So what's going on, man? How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. And yeah, you were on our podcast, Best Hour of Their Day, not too long ago, and I'm happy to return the favor and appreciate you having me on your show. It's probably still your highest rated episode ever, I'm sure. Uh, well, leaps and bounds beyond Coach Glassman, beyond, you know, Kelly Starrett. People are like, hey, can you get John Woolley back on? Please get I'm him sure. back on. He was so good. I'm sure. Well, uh, I love Coach Glassman, but I promise you I was funnier than him. I guarantee it. Guarantee you, it. You were definitely funnier. Talked a little less about CrossFit health. And it was a little easier for me to follow the conversation. I have a joke about that episode because there was a very distinct point when I was like, I have no idea what he's talking about anymore. <laughs> it you was know, just, Oh dude, I can relate. I, when I, I flew out to California to interview him and I was, I'm in person, I'm literally sitting on the couch, the CrossFit couch. Right. And, um, I asked him the first question and that MF talked, I am not kidding you for 20 minutes. Non did not stop. Didn't take a breath. Didn't pause. Just went. And it's brilliant. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not critiquing him. Like he's a brilliant man and said a lot of brilliant things. And I'm sitting there about halfway through going, A, I don't remember my question. And B, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Like he's just on his rant. And it was every question was like that. I'd ask a question. He talked for 20 minutes. I got an hour and a half of content. Probably had six, seven questions max. It was great. Yeah. And he, he has this magical yet mysterious way of just taking your question in the direction he wants to go. No matter what you ask him about, somehow cholesterol and statins and <laughs> off the carbs. And I was like, what's happening? Where are we? He, he certainly has an agenda when he, he does one of what he wants to talk about. And I appreciate that. I mean, look, it's his, it's his uh, business and he's welcome to talk about what he wants. I, I find him to be really funny and engaging and I don't, I, I, this is definitely not what we came to talk about, but I want your opinion on this. So I, he has this like it factor. I don't know if you've ever been like around a movie star or like somebody super famous, but there's something about him. Like, and he's very unassuming, but like when you're in the room with him, it's like, he's got this aura almost like he's not untouchable, but he's bigger than everybody in the room. It's just, it's a, like weird. Did you sense that from him when you were with him? It's the exact feeling I have right now on your podcast. John. Oh, well, that goes without saying. I mean, of but course. I think it's twofold. I think, yes, he has the presence and attitude, you know, something we talk about on seminar staff. He he has that factor. And I think to grow any business to be the size of what he's done, you have to, right? If he was boring, doesn't matter how fun CrossFit is, no one's hopping on that bandwagon. And I think probably second to that is, we've all put him on that pedestal at this point because he's changed all of our lives. If you're listening to this episode, he's impacted your life, whether you realize it or, or not, you know, CrossFit has come into your world. You started doing it. You've probably lost weight, feel great, all that good stuff. And I think because of that, we just have so much respect for him that, you know, it is like meeting a, a superstar, like meeting a, you know, your favorite rock musician, He's just not, you know, shredding the guitar. He's talking about carbs and exercise. <laughs> yeah, it's it was a weird moment for me because I don't normally buy into people's BS, and it wasn't BS. But like, I I'm kind of a suspicious person by nature. Like, I you you tell me something, you know, I'll I'll be polite and I won't, you know, call you out right on the spot. But I'm gonna go do my research. You know, I'm not just just because you tell me carbs are bad doesn't mean I'm gonna quit eating Twinkies. I'm gonna go look it up and figure it out. You know. Uh, but I found myself about halfway through the interview going, I think I'm buying into this guy. Like, I, I think he's I think he's pulled me in. And uh, it was fun. He's, he's a good dude. I got nothing bad to say about him. He's just got such an interesting personality to me. I'm always interested to hear how other people felt when they were around him. It wasn't just me getting sucked into that cult of personality, you know. Uh, so let's talk about you. You got a book? Or does, didn't you tell me that? A new book out? 
I, I do have a new book out. It's called Best Hour of Their Day, uh, all about my experience in the CrossFit world and most specifically the lessons I've learned owning three CrossFit affiliates. I've owned three affiliates since 2007, have sold all three, but 30 chapters in the book and each chapter is a lesson I learned. And most of those lessons were from terrible mistakes I made. And hopefully if someone reads it, be it a box owner or a coach or you know, just a member of an affiliate, they can avoid those same mistakes that I've made. You know, I, I'm always interested in talking to affiliate owners. I've at the time I've I've been in CrossFit for almost 10 years now. I've been a member at three different gyms, uh, all three very well run gyms, I might add, but I know they're not all well run. You know, a lot of them are open by, you know, very, very young people, which I don't fall into that category, but there's a lot of young people that, you know, get in because it's kind of a cheap entry point to get in. And then they realize, oh crap, this is a business, like a real business. It's not just working people out. So when you like, when you think of, you know, these affiliates you've owned, and I'm sure you've seen others, like what are the one or two biggest mistakes people make going in? Well, I think you're right. I mean, you're talking, you're at Saxon Panchik's box right now, right? And he's young kid. And I think the mistake is like, Hey, I'm fit. I work out. I should open a CrossFit affiliate. And while some do exceptionally well. Saxon seems like he's doing well, or of course the, the rich fronings out there, but then you have, and not that this is a bad thing. You know, you have people that just because you're a good athlete doesn't mean you're going to be a, a good coach or be a good business owner. And you have to really decide it's like, you know, the same adage about a bartender, right? Just because you like drinking doesn't mean you should open a bar and too many people get involved because I love this idea of, training all day and working out all day, then you realize, wait, I don't work out all day because I'm running a business and trying to get members and trying to make everybody happy. So, you know, making sure you truly want to do this and you are ready to invest everything you've gotten into it, not necessarily financially, but really just your energy, your emotion, everything. It's, it's, it's your baby. And I think that was the biggest lesson I learned in in the box. You're you're protective of it, and that sometimes means doing dumb things to protect your baby, which you know, which I did. By the way, congrats on that muscle up. <laughs> All right, so I probably should have been more um, detailed in that post that I that I put that in. I did. I got that muscle up like three years ago. I can do muscle ups just fine now. I uh, that's you know, but that's a good example of good coaching and the difference between you know, kind of great coaching and okay coaching. Like I had been at a gym in Beachwood and the coaching was good, um, you know, for a long period of time, but I'd never been with anyone that had really invested in me, you know, like really been committed to say, all right, I'm going to, you know, make this guy better. So I'd given up on muscle ups. Like I'd tried for seven years. It just wasn't a skill that they spent a lot of time practicing or putting in wads at the gym I was at. And so I moved out to uh, CrossFit mentality, which is North of here. And, um, owned by Scott Panchak and his brothers were coaching there at the time. So it was before they opened their gym. And I'd been there like, I don't know, two or three weeks, like not very long at all. And they, and they program muscle ups every week, like religiously. And like third week goes around Saxon's like, why aren't you doing muscle ups? I'm like, I can't do a muscle up, bro. Like, it's just not my thing. Like I'm, you know, at the time I was 48. I'm like, I'm 48 years old. You can't expect old men to do this. And Saxon's like, get over here. Like, just like, he just rolled his eyes at me. Like, like only a 22 year old kid can do, you know? And so he calls me over and he gets me on and he gets me in the false grip and he's like, show me what you do, you know, and I try to do one and I look, look like I'm, you know, flopping around like a seal. And uh, he's like, he's like, look, you're strong enough. You're going to do it strict. And I'm like, look, I can't do a muscle up kipping, let alone strict. And he's like, you're going to do it strict. And so he gets me in this false grip and, you know, I'm, he, I'm kind of bending my elbows, you know, and he just, he gets a little swing in there and he, he gets my timing right. And I'm not kidding you. Like, I bet it was less than four minutes from the time he started instructing to the time I got it. I'm like, holy crap. Like, you know, it's one of those moments where all of a sudden you're on top of the range. You're like, how did that happen? You know? And but it's just a sign of a good coach. Like he knew the one or two cues that it took to get me up there just from watching what I had done and, and investing in me. And I think, you know, part of it was believing in me, you know, and, and it was, you know, even it was like kind of a moment as an old guy. I'm like, all right, maybe, maybe you're not too old to learn things, you know, and maybe I should listen to the teenagers occasionally. Yeah, I think I think you nailed it. I mean, obviously, he probably gave you a few good cues that maybe you hadn't gotten at your other boxes. But sometimes you just need that coach that's like, no, dude, you can do this. I believe in you, whether he said it or not. 
and it got you there. And I think the, the coolest part of that picture, I think you talked about it in the post, isn't that you're above the rings. It's his reaction to you being above the rings. And that's really what I look for in a coach. You know, I talk about it all the time. We can teach anyone how to coach a squat. You can't teach people how to give a shit. And he clearly cared that you were above those rings. And that's the other aspect to coaching. If if, if you're not doing it for the right reasons, it's very apparent very quickly. Yeah, the whole gym was like that. That's a that's a Scott thing. And it's Saxon and Spencer too. But you know, Scott is really big into celebration. They have a big PR bell. And if you ring the bell and Scott's like in the back office, he will literally come sprinting out of there screaming. I can't tell you how many times it's happened. Um, and I, you know, I, I think I had three or four PRs in that gym simply because they were like, I'm not leaving your side until you do it, you know? And it, it really is, it's, uh, as a member, it's really kind of heartwarming to know that someone really cares enough about you to want to invest that time. But, you know, I think as a business owner, it's really, really smart business because now you're building these like kind of raving fans. You end up with people like me out here, you know, talking about it on a podcast, what a good coach you are. And it's just good press, you know? So, um, you know, it's just kind of great all around. Yeah. And you can't fake that. You can't fake, Oh, I got to go out. Somebody's ringing the bell again. Right. <laughs> like you, you, he, he was, that was subconsciously he'd hear that bell and, and care and come running out. And yeah, you're right. Like when it comes to owning a business, you have to create those relationships because there's boxes on every corner these days and not much really separating them a few dollars here, you know, a couple blocks over there. So you need to be creating that community that is very obvious that, you know, you guys care about one another. Yeah. I see the, you know, the biggest thing I see in these young gyms, um, you know, they, a lot of them have what we're describing here. Like they've got a real passion for the people, real passion for CrossFit. They got no clue of the financials. And as a banker, like there's part of me, it's like, man, if, if I could find a space where I could just go in and teach these guys how to balance their books and, and understand the real financials of a business. I'd, it's something I'd love to be able to help people with. I think that's just, it's a scary moment for them when they start figuring out how much members are paying and how much it costs to actually run that place. Way more expensive than people think. Yeah. I typically get asked, you know, what's your biggest piece of advice for owning a box? And my first thing is something that, you know, Ben Bergeron says is just chase excellence, always do your best. But my second very, you know, one and one A would be get a good accountant. Because, you know, in 2007, when I opened my first business, I had no idea you're taking money out of your personal account. You know, you're, you're writing checks, you're paying cash. And then for like two or three years, when I finally got a good account, he's like, okay, now we have to go back and fix all that. You know, you have to pay yourself back and you have to, you know, make sure it's all that, you know, spreadsheets and credits and debits and all that, all that stuff I don't care about. You know, I took macro and microeconomics and didn't pay attention. And, you know, it turns out you need to know that stuff when you're running a business. Well, here's the interesting thing. You don't need an accountant to run a, run a meme account. I don't know if you know that, but <laughs> you're just... going to, you're going to need a good one soon. Cause that's your, your meme account is blowing up. <laughs> I mean, you know, I assume I can see behind you that stack of hundred dollar bills just sitting right. there by the, right. by your bathroom. You yep. probably just wipe with those. Yeah. So I, need... I wish, you know, it's funny. I can't even tell you how often I get messages from people that they can't, when they find out this is not my full-time job, they just cannot wrap their mind around it. They think like there's just meme millions out there. Like people just throw money at you to make memes. I'm like, I'm literally not making a penny, like not a penny, but we'll see. Do you, I think I asked you on our show, but do you think there's a day where that can be your full-time job? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, the podcast is growing. We've got a lot of plans for this podcast. Um, I got a lot of plans for the page to continue to grow. So I think maybe, I mean, I'm not really in a rush to be honest. I got, I got girls going into college and bills to pay and I got a cat. I got to buy food for, I got a really exciting life. <laughs> you know? you, um, yeah. You know, I don't know, maybe, I mean, look, I would love it. Like if you're saying, what's your dream job? You mean I'd get to get up in the morning and just make fun of people all day and travel to sanctionals. Yeah. That sounds like a pretty, pretty damn good gig, but uh, you know, it's, I, I think it's a few years away. We'll see. You know, I, I think you're a smart enough guy to realize all it would take is you quitting your bank job and it would turn into that. Yeah, maybe. Um, bank job pays pretty good, dude. Like, you know, banks are, banks are notorious for that. So it's, it's a, it's a hard leap of faith. Uh, we'll, you know, 
we'll double this follower count. We'll see what happens. I'll, I'll give it some consideration, but uh, all right. 500,000. We'll, we'll get you there. All right. Well, let's, let's keep talking about you. It's not me. So, uh, <laughs> so how'd you get connected with Thunderbro? So I've known Dave Lipson for over 10, 15 years, maybe at this point, I used to run the sectionals and regionals when we had them, you know, that filtered into the CrossFit game. So there was a Northeast one and I was in charge. I ran the the very first one in the parking lot of my box, Albany CrossFit. And, you know, a simple Google or YouTube search, you can see some of those, some of those videos. And I got to know Dave because he was a Northeast guy out of Connecticut and then New York City. And and my one of my first memories of him is we're running the event and I used to run it super punctually on time and it was his heat and everyone's like, where's Dave? Where's Dave? He was sleeping in his car and I had to run up. I'm banging on his window. I'm like, you're up, dude. You got to go. He didn't warm up and it was 135 pound overhead squats, chest bar pull-ups. And he, the, the first rep he did in that workout was the first rep that he did. And that that's really who Dave is. And I, I, you know, I got to know him there. We're both part of the seminar staff. And at the time we both lived in the Northeast. So we worked quite a bit together over the years. We both moved around a little and I saw him this past year at the CrossFit games. We were both at the airport flying home on Monday morning and we just started talking. He was telling me about Thunderbro and his muscle anarchy program. And I said, let me give that a try. He, you know, gave me some access to it and we just started talking about it and he said, Hey, we need somebody to help us with the business. And my wife and I were looking to relocate and Boulder, Colorado is beautiful. So three months later, we were driving out here. I work with Thunderbro. She works with Camille and Feroz Fitness and, and we're loving it. That's amazing. I, uh, I ran into him, so I don't know him full disclosure. Don't know him at all. never met Camille. Um, but uh, it was right as the page was just starting to take off. I think I was, this was um, a year, a little over a year and a half ago. Maybe it was during, even less than that, close to a year ago at the Arnold here in Columbus. So about two hours from here. And uh, Tango Charlie, who makes t-shirts for me, said, wanted me to come down and like hang out at their booth and meet people. And I'm like, all right, nobody's going to meet me, but I'll show up. Well, Thunderbro was behind them. And it, he was the most Thunderbro of Thunderbros you could imagine. He's got a folding chair and a handwritten sign in that crazy rock star script that he uses, you know, but totally handwritten. It was hysterical. And like, I took one look at it. I'm like, man, like I've seen this guy before. You know, I follow him on Instagram. That is exactly what I am pictured. Exactly what I pictured. Just a big folding chair and him hanging out just like a bro, you know? It was awesome. I didn't get a chance to meet him. I, I, to this day, I regret not, not going over and talking to him, but. Well, was- we'll, we'll definitely connect you and get him on the podcast, but yeah, that's exactly why he needed me because that sounds exactly what Dave is like, you know, handwritten for getting to show up. Like if we get him on the podcast, it's going to be, Hey Dave, don't forget. You got that podcast tomorrow. Hey Dave, don't forget. We got that podcast later today. Hey Dave, we got that podcast right now. So it's, you know, I'm the CEO of the company, but also Dave's kind of manager. I, I equate it to, he's like the lead singer of a band. Like you got to let him, he's not a diva, but you got to deal with who he is because of what he put it puts out there. And he's just really great at what he does is as, as bro-ish as he seems, he's one of the smartest people I know. Well, I mean, I, I, you know, I thought he would have to be, I mean, you know, I look at how he's built and that does, isn't by, um, it isn't by accident. Like you don't get a physique like that just, you know, through genetics, like it's total hard work. It's was kind of my next question though. Like what you're describing is, uh, you know, kind of that, you know, it's not diva, but like that rock star nature typically doesn't lend to hard work and organization in order to get a physique like him, you have to have both. Like, how does he wire that in? Um, if, you know, if what you're describing is like, it's hard to get him on the show because he's, you know, forgetful or whatever, like any, any insight to that? I, you know, I think as far as his body, it's just his priority. I mean, every day I know what time, I mean, that's where we came from. We were both at the gym when I was driving home and, you know, that's just, it's, it's mandatory in his life. He has to train and he has to eat right. Sometimes eating right is, you know, chicken and broccoli and rice. And right now for him, eating right is 6,000 calories a day with chocolate chip pancakes and steak and eggs for breakfast. So He's just a hard worker. And, you know, 
to get on the CrossFit seminar staff, which he was one of the original members, you have to be a hard worker. There's no one on that staff. There's about 200 people that's not willing to work hard, that doesn't have a great work ethic, that's not a team player. And that's who Dave is. Yeah, he's a, a little forgetful, you know, a little scattered at times. But the things that he doesn't forget about is, you know, training, eating, and and his relationship with his wife, Camille. So, you know, getting him to to show up for meetings, you know, sometimes a little bit of a struggle, but worth worth the squeeze, if you will. You know, the juice is worth the squeeze. It's it, we wouldn't be here where we are if that wasn't who he was. I'm jealous of that um, that mindset that you're describing. And you know, it's funny we talked about Glassman earlier. I thought that when I saw Thunderbro, I'm just going to keep calling him Thunderbro. I know it's Dave, but I like Thunderbro. So when I saw him, I thought like he's kind of got that same aura about him. Like he's larger than life, and he's literally larger than life. But he also has like you know, he's got the big smile and like he he looks like somebody you could approach, right? I'm always um, really impressed by someone who has total clarity of um, of message and and dedication. Like that was kind of my point on Glassman earlier is that he's unrelenting in what he believes and you, you're not going to sway him. And I kind of feel that way about Dave. Like I look at what he does and, you know, I, I watch his posts. So I'm aware of how meticulous he is to his diet, how dedicated he is to it, how dedicated he is to working out and how dedicated he is to Camille. And I'm, I'm really jealous of someone that, can just wire in their priorities and can say, I'm going to, this other stuff, because it's not as important, it'll become almost forgetful. Like I can't, I'm the other way around. I have all those same priorities, except there's no Camille in my life, except maybe my cat bean. Um, but you know, I have a commitment to fitness and I have a commitment to my diet, but like, if you send me a text, I can't not answer it. Like, I'm just not wired that way. Like I have to answer it. I think that's why I'm good at a meme page and not fit like, like Dave. Maybe I've just answered my own question. I don't know. No, because I'm the same exact way. I mean, I see his phone and it stresses me out. There's, I think currently on his email, the badge says something like 16,000, oh, you know, so and I would and, lose my mind. Yeah. I can't have any red dots on my phone. I have to go to bed with an empty inbox every day, but yeah, you're right. There's, there's, you know, there's, I'm sure you've seen that meme where it's like, there's two types of people and they show the empty inbox and, and the full inbox. And yeah, that, that, that's how he is, but the same discipline that he has on his diet and his training, he has on Thunderbro. He has for Thunderbro. And, and really, I mean, I uprooted my life to move out here with my wife and we wouldn't have done it if I didn't believe in him. And when we saw him at the airport, he was on his computer programming for muscle anarchy, you know, available on sugar wad. And he is so meticulous in that programming. He goes and does a week and then he goes through it again and he asks for feedback and then he hits the workouts in advance. And that's how much he cares about, not just his own programming for himself, but the programming that he's giving out for everybody else. And in addition to that, he's just one of the most genuine, passionate people. I mean, I've seen the dude cry more times, you know, than I can remember. And it's not like we're talking about crazy things. So he just gets passionate. He starts to well up and tear. I'm like, dude, I'm not like that. I can't get emotional with you in this office, but that's just who he is. And, and, and it's so great. You know, it's, it's like anything you have to accept people for who they are because that's what makes them so special. And Dave and Camille are both just special individuals. Are you on his program? Are you doing his programming? Yeah, I, I I help out with the muscle anarchy programming. I I I help out especially with the metcons that we put out there. So every day, typically divided into body parts, like an old school bodybuilding split, and then we have a short metcon at the end, which I which I look at. But I often test the week before with him. That's what we were just doing today. We were hitting the chest workout that the members will hit next week. But yeah, the the day I saw him at the airport, I made that switch. I still like to throw in a few CrossFit workouts. You know, I'm still very biased and think CrossFit is one of the best programs, if not the best program, you know, in the world for creating fitness. But I just was ready for a change. It had been 15 years and I'm really enjoying muscle anarchy and I'm enjoying what I see in the mirror. You know, I'm 41, you know, catching up to you and it's tough, man, right? Like we 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 work hard. We want our bodies to reflect it. I love CrossFit, but 
this muscle anarchy program, when it comes to looking better naked, you, you can't touch it. Yeah. Well, I get that. You kind of hit on what my next question was going to be. I mean, like, I think everyone that, you know, most people listen to my podcast know I'm exclusively across or almost exclusively a CrossFit or I do some lifting in my basement, but for the most part, CrossFit. Um, and they, I think they understand what that is. Like what, what are the key differences between muscle anarchy and, and say this functional fitness that we're describing through CrossFit? Yeah. I mean, you know, CrossFit's all about chasing intensity and getting results, you know, fitness, we talk about it at level ones, level two, your work capacity across broad time and modal domains. And in order to do that, you have to make sacrifices, right? You're not going to be the the best marathon runner and you're not going to be the best power lifter. And we know by being either one of those, you're blunting your potential on the other extreme, right? The best marathon runner has a sub two hour marathon, which is ridiculously fast, but he also would probably get buried under a 95 pound barbell. And, you know, Eddie Hall, who can deadlift over 1100 pounds, struggles walking up and down his stairs. So, you know, CrossFit's this beautiful blend for fitness. Muscle Anarchy uses mostly functional movements. There's a handful of non-functional movements, you know, depending on your definition of, you know, maybe a leg extension or a chest fly, but it's really a blend of aesthetics that we chase and performance. And, and really what was, what was great about it is this currently this week, we're doing some testing and we put out there a five rep max back squat, bench press, uh, shoulder press, deadlift, et cetera. And so many PRs from our muscle anarchy group. And we don't go very heavy, very often. It's typically lighter load to tempos, uh, drop sets. Dave throws in all sorts of methods you know, that, that we throw in there. And, it, and what's cool about that is it just changes it every day. Every day is unique, but it's a lot of fun. And if you, I don't know about you, John, but I grew up in that culture of like, Hey, we're meeting at the gym, you know, after school and, you know, in college and, and CrossFit, the community can't touch it, but there's a difference, you know, in the community at the three thirty class at your box and having a bro session where you're just slinging heavy weight. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that. I we I do that uh, typically on Sundays. I have a group of guys I'll go hang with, and and we just lift, you know. And we'll do crazy wads too, but it, you know, it's just you know three or four of us just getting together. It's far different than a CrossFit wad, and and you know, it sounds like what you guys are doing. I would love, or at least some. I um I have a full gym in my basement, and for me, I need that disconnect from the community. Some I love the CrossFit community, so it's not a complaint. But there are moments where I'm like, you know what? I just want to squat, man. I just want to go in my basement, put some heavy weight on the bar, crank the music up as loud as I can, and you know, just be me, just be by myself. You know, I I enjoy that. Yeah, I mean, I've been doing CrossFit since 2006, so 14 years into it, and you know, it's it's there was some ego involved. You know, you go to the box, the first thing you do is look at the whiteboard, and you find your buddies who you can usually hang with or or you know compete within that workout. So. If you go in the afternoon, maybe you're looking at what the morning people did, or if you go in the morning, you're trying to game it so you can have one of the better times. And that's the beauty of CrossFit, right? It's a competition. But I found that in time, I was like stressing myself out every day. I was like, oh man, I got to go beat my buddy Vince in today's workout soon, or I have to lift more than Matt. And and if if you're feeling stressed out about it, let me make it clear. I understand that's only your ego getting in the way. But with that being said, when I started doing muscle anarchy, it was just like, wow, there's no stress because a lot of muscle anarchy is meant to be light. You know, we did, we finished up today uh, with some bench press, but the tempo was three seconds down, three seconds up. And it's like, you can't go, let me say, you can't go heavy. Dave had 315 on the bench. I had like 95 on the bench. So, but the point is you're more concerned with, Hey, am I getting that? neuromuscular connection from the, my chest to my brain, you know, my fatiguing the muscles. And like I said, you're, you're still getting fitter. For me, the, the biggest eye opener was if you remember 20.1 was, um, eight snatches, 10 burpees over the bar for what was it? 10 or 15 rounds. I don't remember. Uh, 10 um, rounds, 10 rounds. Yep. And I went in there, I hadn't touched a Metcon so that was like September-ish. So I hadn't touched the Metcon since the games when I committed to Muscle Anarchy. So over a month. And 
I saw my buddies not finishing. A handful might have finished. And I finished the workout. I think it was a 15-minute time cap. And I was like, wow, this shit works. Like, I'm fitter right now. I beat some people that were, you know, still heavily invested in their CrossFit workouts. And I think part of it was there is less stress involved. You know, you're, you're kind of making your body a little more bulletproof. And you're just not pushing yourself to that extreme every day. So I felt like I was a little more recovered and my body was a little more healed up going into it. And again, I'm certainly not knocking CrossFit. I still throw in one to two standard workouts every week and we have met cons in the programming, but it was just, it's just a nice switch for me currently. That's not to say I'll do it forever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'll swing by a box every now and then and, and pop into a workout, but right now I'm enjoying it. Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking about that the other day too. Like my CrossFit life got significantly better when I quit that competing part that you mentioned. Like I just, I don't even look at the whiteboard anymore. There's days like I don't even want to give them my score, not because I'm embarrassed about it. It's just, you know, I don't want to see it up next to someone else's. Um, for me, it's really, you know, like I've started tracking my own, you know, scores and weights and times and whatever. So I can go back and look at them and see if I can beat myself, you know, I can, and I'm finding that I'm, I'm rarely injured or, or in a position where I don't feel like I can do a workout. I'm just generally healthier, you know, because of that. And so I think that's important for people to like, you gotta let that ego go, you know? It, it's, it's hard. I mean, anytime there's, you know, a competition involved, you're, you're, you're going to do your best to win. And, you know, and, and again, I want to make it clear. That's only my ego. That's not a fault of CrossFits, right? Like you said, I, I should scale better and I shouldn't worry about the whiteboard, but you know, being two ego driven men as we are, I'm sure it's just like, man, I want to be, you know, and, and here's the funny thing too. I mean, you said you're, you're 48 or was that three years uh, ago? Uh, yeah. 49. I'm 49, For, 49. I'm, I'm 41. The youngsters at the box have no idea what those 20 years will do to your body. Oh, trust me. They, yeah, you're right about that. I, I can't tell you how many times, you know, somebody will say something to me. I'm like, dude, first of all, it's too early for me to be moving. Like it's four in the afternoon. My ankles still hurt from the morning. <laughs> so just chill. I do have those moments. I had a moment this morning, uh, this week, I've got up at five 30 a couple of times and I, do, I never work out five 30 class. So I roll in there yesterday. I just couldn't sleep. And so I went in, I don't know anybody in there except the coach. And I'm the oldest one in the class by 20 years easily. And uh, the wad was um, 70 calories on the assault bike, top of every minute. You got to do five burpees, right? So I got no idea how long this thing is going to take. Now, I want you to keep in mind the night before, I went in the night before and did a half marathon on the C2 bike. So my legs are already smoked, like totally smoked, right? Yeah, and that's like 12 hours ago. So you're not yeah. recovered. I, yeah, and it might, you don't recover in 12 hours at my age. You just don't. Um, so my legs are smoked. I'm going in this. I'm looking around the room. I'm like, God, everybody in the room is like 20 years old. Uh, so I start pelling and I'm wearing my reading glasses, the one I'm wearing right now. I took them off. And so now I can't see the monitor. So this is a really good old man story. So I can't see the monitor. I'm about halfway through the wad, which this is a short wad. So I'm like three minutes in and I yell to the coach. I'm like, Casey, what am I at? She comes over. She looks at the monitor. She goes 10 more calories. And I knew she was wrong because it was too soon to be to 70 calories. I just, I, you know, you're really only pedaling for about 30 seconds. So you got to do the burpees first. So I knew she was wrong. So I, I go for another round. I call her over again. I'm like, Casey, where am I at? And she looks and she's like, you got 10 more calories. And then I knew she was right. Right. So I just bust my ass to finish these last 10 calories. And I collapse off the bike and the kid across from me gets off the bike at the same time. And so I go look, you know, the, this is where the ego comes in. So then I go to the whiteboard and his time was 518 and mine was 520. And so I had to go to Casey. I'm like, how old is that kid? And she's like, he's 23, but don't be too proud of it. He doesn't go too hard. And I'm like, Casey, he's 23. I'm going to be really proud of that shit. Like really proud of it. I'm like, come on. Like I'm, I got a belt older than 23. I guess. It's ridiculous. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good time for that workout. As you were saying, and I was trying to think like what I would shoot for, I was thinking in the sevens. Cause like you said, it, it might seem like you're only doing seven calories, but you're hopping off, you're doing five burpees, which are fatiguing you a little bit. You know, that's eating into your time on the bike. You have to get back on the bike, get those RPMs back up, and then also not blow it out because you know you got five more burpees at the top of the next minute. 
Oh, so all right. Here's I'm a veteran CrossFitter. Let me tell you what I did then. I'm gonna give let everyone. Me, let me guess. Yeah, go ahead. Let me let me get. So if I were gaming this workout, I would probably go out hot for about 30 seconds and just get those RPMs up. Try to get like 15 calories and then ride it out, and then do that at the top of every minute, like a short sprint, and then let the let the numbers trickle on while you're doing the burpees. Is oh, that yeah. am I close? You're real close. So you absolutely get the benefit of the rollover calories. You have to. You can't reset it every time, or at least you know it's not programmed to reset. They want you to get the rollover calories. So I did. Here, there are three things I did to quote unquote game it, but it's within. It was within the rules, and I didn't. I don't feel it's cheating. Everyone is doing the same thing. So the first thing you got to do is you got to move the assault bike away from the wall. You need to be able to get on and off the seat quickly, and you can only do that from the back. So you have to risk. Uh, hitting yourself in the balls by jumping over the seat. <laughs> it's a big risk, but you got to be willing to take it. All right. That's Especially really... as we're getting, as we're getting older, our balls are getting lower. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, so they are, they are getting lower. A little higher. I <laughs> was actually concerned they might hit the pedals, but uh, <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it's a risk I'm willing to take. I'm not using them anyway. So what the hell? So I'm like, I'm going to jump on the seat. So that's first thing you got to do. Second thing you're dead on. So you do five burpees first and then you got and you can do those first five in about 10 seconds. So now you got 50 seconds on the bike. You got to haul ass in your first round. I mean, as hard as you can go for as long as you can go and ramp those calories up because you can knock out 15 to 20 calories in that first round if you really do it. But here's the trick beyond that, because one of two things will happen if you don't follow this plan. If you don't follow this plan, you're going to get that lactic acid. And you're done. The burpees are going to be absolutely miserable. You're going to be stepping up into burpees and you're not going to be able to pedal. So in order to offset that, you have to do the burpees with straight legs. So almost like a triangle. So when you come up, you just, you don't bend your knees. Like you're not, you're not doing the squat that comes with them. Right. So it, it, it involves a hard push up. Like that's kind of the hard part. Like you really got to kind of bounce off the floor to do it, but you're just not doing the squat part of a burpee. You still got to do the jump. Right. And I would demonstrate, but it's a podcast. So screw it. Um, and I swear to God, it, it works. So it keeps your leg. My point is, is it keeps your legs from getting, you know, that lactic acid um, that I'm sure you've all felt if you've done, you know, we were talking about Thunder Bro. Like if you're doing, you know, big sets of squats, you know, sets of tens and twelves, by the time you get to the end, you can feel it in your legs, you know, that jelly feeling and you can feel it like pooling up. That's what it's like when you're on the bike and doing burpees, unless. You're not doing the squat part and it totally that's, works if you can do it. That's really good coaching and really good insight to, to any workout. And, and I think, I don't know if you have considered putting workouts out as challenges. I think that's a great workout to, to throw out there because it is just, that's just a gut check, right? It's just like, how much pain are you willing to be in for, you know, five to seven minutes? I'm going to give that workout a go and try it with straight legs, but that'd be you know, we talk on best hour of their day about the whiteboard brief and how important that is to the class. That would be something I would touch upon right then, because you're right. Your legs are what's going to blow up. So if you keep bending them to come out of that squat, it's going to get significantly worse where you can use your arms a little bit more. But you made me think of something. Why aren't you using make wads great again as your kind of tinder? Because <laughs> yeah, there'd be too many people swiping left. No way. I think, I think your profile picture, you look nice, you know, heads freshly shaved. You got a nice little scruff going on on the face. I think you're, you're selling yourself short, John. And I think, you know, put yourself out there a little more. I, I would imagine the women of the CrossFit world, you know, l- like you, I've had to be funny my whole life to make up for looks. Right. And I think you've got the humor. You've got, you're funny. I think you're selling yourself short. Well, that, that actually kind of leads me to my next topic because we're kind of winding down here. Well, maybe we'll put that to the test. You're going on wide on the waves, right? Yes, we'll be maybe there. I'll be maybe there. that's where we'll test it, right? I like it. I think, hey, put it out there. Hey, who wants to win a date with John on wide on the waves? You're going to be on there? Well, I'm, I'm highly considering. So Zach and Ed, who run the thing, you know them. Um, Zach owns CrossFit Distinction. That was my first gym. And so Zach's actually going to be on the show here shortly. Uh, here in a few days. So we'll get to talk more about what on the ways for those who don't know what that is. It's exactly what it sounds like. It's a CrossFit cruise. Basically they're going to have all kinds of games, athletes there, Froning's there every year, all Vellner. And I don't know who all this, a lot of, uh, every, everybody. everyone's there. I mean, if you're a guy, Brooke Wells was on there last year. Um, 
you know, lots of very attractive men and women. Uh, yeah, we were lucky enough to go on to last year and we'll be, I'll be on it again for best hour of their day for Thunderbro. I'll also be doing a nutrition talk for own your eating, but it's, you know, I'm not here to pitch one on the waves, but you know, my good friends, Austin Maliolo and Connor Murphy really spearhead that as well. And I, I was excited to go back because it was so much fun. You just, you get to work out for, for three days, you get to eat the food you want part. There's a toga party. It, and, and, and like I said, if you're interested in looking at attractive people, men or women, this is the spot to be on. Uh, last year, they had a lot of social media influencers on there to kind of spread the word. And it was really entertaining. My favorite story was there was like two rigs on the top deck. And, you know, one of the rigs, you had all these like social media influencers just posing. They weren't working out. They were literally just like, hey, take a picture of me here. Take a picture of me doing this one. And then on this other rig, maybe 10 feet away, you had the CrossFit Mayhem team doing like this legit badass CrossFit workout. And it was like, you couldn't have planned a more polar opposite group of people working out. But at the same time, everybody was just having fun, getting along. And and it, I would highly recommend if you have some free time in April, getting on that boat. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to try to. So maybe maybe we'll put your theory to the test on the page and do a win a date with John and Watt on the waves. But you got to buy a ticket to get on because I'm not taking you as a guest. Um, <laughs> well, well, I don't know. Maybe I will. I'll send pictures first. We'll see. Um, hey, I think I think this is it. Matchmaker, we got you. It's the thing about a meme page, dude. There's a disturbing lack of nudes. Disturbing lack. You just don't, <laughs> you just don't get any. I don't, you know, I don't know what I was hoping when I started the page, but you just don't get any. What What were you? Do you remember what went through your mind when you put that first post up? Uh, well, technically, my daughter did the very first post. Um, when I started doing it, I thought, all right, this will be funny. You know, I'll do this for a few days. I was What I was trying to do was get on Kayla Banfield's. Uh, she was doing the, the update show at regionals. And I was trying to get one of my posts put on her show. I thought it'd be really funny if it got on TV, you know. And I know it's streaming, but it still felt like TV because that's where I would see it, you know. And then it happened. And I was like, all right, that's kind of funny. And, but, you know, I did honestly didn't give a second thought. And then uh, a couple of days later, somebody else reposted me. And, like, I, I opened my phone and I had, like, an extra 700 followers. And I'm like, oh, crap. Like, how did that happen? And then I started, like, a couple other things happened. Like, Froning commented on a post. And he's really funny. Like he doesn't get enough credit for how funny he is. Like I did a mean post. It was mean. I did a, it was a, a four block and it had, it was the uh, rich Fronings gym bag starter kit. And it had a pair of lifting shoes and a pair of wrist straps and some Nair and uh, some uh, Rogaine because he's balding. That's what made it mean. And, and, he <laughs> com- and, I, a few and I tagged him and he commented and all he said was, I don't wear wrist wraps, which I thought was hysterical. <laughs> I like, I just basically called this guy bald and then he waxes his chest. And all he says is I, I don't wear wrist wraps. So I'm like, dude, you're, you're the greatest. That's why you're the goat, you know? And so that's, Ooh. that was the first time I'm like, all right, now that's when it started crossing my mind that, all right, maybe, maybe people are going to catch on to this thing and it can be pretty funny. And, you know, make a bigger impact than, you know, just cracking jokes. I, I mean, I'm going to tell you this. You are my go-to Instagram while I'm on the toilet. Oh, well, that's good. That's about what the comedy's worth. So no, it's just like I go on the toilet, you know, and I'm just like, let me get a good laugh. And I'll, and I literally just scroll through a lot of the ones I've seen before, but I just, it just entertains me. It seems to me like you're the meanest to Vellner. Is that accurate? <laughs> Uh, well, we have a bromance. I think I, I love Vilner for a number of reasons. I do a lot of mean jokes about Vilner for a couple, you know, for one, we share the same pigmentation. We're both pasty white, you know, like completely. Um, I love the guy though. He's very funny, very funny. Um, he works a full-time job. So, I mean, like it's, for me, it's mostly out of respect. I mean, this guy's got a full-time job, you know, just graduated from, you know, uh, you know, chiropractic school. And, um, and has been on the podium, like, come on, like you're such an overachiever. Like I have a full-time job. I'm not standing on podiums. Like I'm just lucky to show up at the gym. It's just, he's just a really impressive guy. And, uh, and he is funny. You know, he certainly gives it back as good as I give it to him. So I don't feel too good. When, when we were on Watt on the Wave, speaking of Vellner, 
you know, you, there's classes going on all throughout the day. And Austin had some of the, you know, best coaches in the world there. And a lot of us from seminar staff. So I was coaching a class with Vellner and you can tell while he's an amazing athlete, he doesn't have a ton of experience in a group setting. And there's like probably close to 200 people doing this workout. And he's like, Hey, you got to take this. And I'm like, well, you got to at least demo because they're not here to see me. They're here to see you. So he did the demo. I kind of explained the workout, but then he was running around, cheering people on, giving them great cues. But it's funny, you know, seeing those games athletes, it's like, just do it. Like that's their best cue. Like just do more, do like, go heavier. It, it is funny. Like the ones that uh, are just, you know, I don't want to say they're all just naturally gifted because they all work their asses off. But, but to your point, like they're not all great coaches. They're great at being coached. You know, it is, it's just always interesting to me. See the ones that are like really outgoing and like they could just stand in front of a group and talk for hours. And it sounds like, man, they're level four coaches and they can do everything. And then there's others that, man, they can demonstrate it for days, but they can't put a sentence together, you know? And it's, I don't know. I love them all. I got, there's not a single games athlete. I can say a bad thing about I swear to God. Well, and I think they all appreciate it. I think it's like, you know, like your bros, you can only make fun of people you respect. And I think it's pretty obvious that whoever you're goofing on, it never comes from a bad place. It's just, and I think that's the beauty of comedy. I think you and I have a similar sense of humor. It's like, you're not going to offend me so long as it's funny. If it's not funny, you'll hear about it. But if you make me laugh, you can say whatever you want. Yeah. I'm finding uh, lately, you know, I view it more satire than comedy, but uh, it's certainly in the eye of the beholder. Like as the page gets bigger and bigger, there's always one person you know, I think uh, society these days calls them the Karens, you know, that's going to come in and, you know, rain on the parade and tell you why your joke wasn't funny. And, and because I'm wired, like we're wired similarly where I got to like hit every text. I'm kind of wired the same way. If one person goes, I didn't like that. Then I'm like, oh my God, everybody hates this. It's the worst post ever, you know? So I, I'm learning. I'm actually getting better. My anxiety is getting better as the page gets bigger because I'm starting to figure that out that you know, maybe one out of 200,000 is not a bad percentage, you know? So when the comments what? come in dozens, I start to get nervous. I think the other thing is as you're growing, you just realize I can't get back to everybody. I don't have the time. It's impossible at this point. Yeah. I I, get, I still get back to virtually everyone. I have learned to just hit the little heart button though. You know, yeah. instead, of, instead of replying, you just double tap. So they know you saw it, you know? Um, but I do reply to quite a few and the messages are different now. Like I've taken the page kind of in a different direction anyway. So it's uh, you know, the, the messages that I typically get these days seem more personal, more heartfelt, you know, more, I don't, you know, I don't know if, you know, I still get some of the ones that are like, Oh my God, I can't believe you responded, which I still think is dumb. But for the most part, you know, the messages are easier to get to for some reason than they were before. I don't know why that is. But. And I like the little, change the direction you've added with the gratitude posts, with the stories about your father. I think that's really cool to see that there's an evolution to make wads great again. Yeah. I'm going to keep doing that. I have a couple other ideas of some things I want to add in. I think I'm going to start moving the transformation posts over to the main page at least once or twice a week. Um, you know, maybe do like a transformation Tuesday or transformation Thursday, flashback Friday. I don't know, something like that. I'm still trying to work through what I want it to look like and what message I want it to send. But I'm viewing the page more and more and more as it gets bigger as while it's my page, it's a, our community's page. We're creating a community and I want that community to be representative of everyone that's on there, whether it's, you know, religious groups or, or gay groups or, or whatever, you know, I mean, that's the, what I love about CrossFit. It's very, very inclusive and, you know, people are very welcoming of others and, and, and they tend to like those messages and this, like these gratitude posts, for instance, have been, I've been kind of blown away by the number. Like I got two messages on the one today of people who had recently lost family members and how much it meant to them. And and for me, I was like, you know, if, if that 30 seconds it took me to put that together really brought someone comfort today, totally worth it. You know? And, and I think that's what CrossFit does for people. It brings people comfort because it brings them together. And so that's really all I'm trying to do is just be a part of that. So. Well, well you're doing, you're doing a great job at it. And I, you know, being someone who just, kind of from an outside just looks in likes your posts. I appreciate it. Well, it's good. Well, we're kind of running uh, out of time here. I think what we need to do next is have you and Thunderbro on you guys can have a flex off and I'll post <laughs> it to the YouTube page. That'd be great. 
the flex off would simply be a way for you to create a meme at my expense. <laughs> so, I'm I'm happy to do it, but yeah, I'll get you in touch with Dave. Uh, once we get off the show, you can have, you can have Dave on and he's a lot more entertaining than I am. We can talk all about Thunder Bro and, and he can speak on, you know, all sorts of hypertrophy tips and tricks. And we'll definitely hook you up with some Thunder Bro programming. There's no chance I would survive the Thunder Bro programming. No chance. You know, the, the, like we said, Leave your ego aside. Just, just hold the tempo. That's what we talk about. The, you know, there was a set the other day where it was a 10 second negative for 10 reps. And it's just like, you know, I was using an empty bar at that point. You're just at an empty bar and you just have to accept it. And it's, it's what makes it so great. It sounds terrible. 10 seconds. Oh my God. It sounds sounds like it would hurt. (laughs) Come April when your door on the cruise ship is being knocked down by women it won't sound so terrible. Yeah. Well, we're probably a little late to get into Thunderbird programming. If we're talking April, we're already in mid February. Like I'm got time, two months, yeah. two months is plenty of time. You'll put some size on those biceps, get some six pack going and you'll be all set. I, I'd be happy with like a three or four pack. I'd be <laughs> like, I'm 49. I am not sure I could handle a six pack, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll get you there. All right. So before, before we drop off, uh, what, where the, where does everyone find your book? They need to go buy your book. Where are they going to find it? Well, I'd love if they buy it. It's on Amazon. So I'm sure if you just Google best hour of their day, it'll pop up on Amazon. But there's also a direct link from our website, best hour of their day. And we put out regular podcasts where we talk about primarily what's going on in the coaching world. You know, we try to have that little niche of how to improve the people that have taken their level one or their level two, or maybe preparing for their level three and, and help them improve as a coach. So we talk about all sorts of topics and have some great guests on there, like we discussed. So head over to best hour of their day. And if you're interested in Thunderbro, thunderbro.com. And you can reach out to me if you have questions on any, any of those things or anything that we've talked about. Happy to answer. And your podcasts they can find on which channels, Apple, Spotify, yeah, the usual. It's all over the place. If you're listening to this podcast, you can probably just search best hour of their day and, and we'll be on there as well. Yep. Make sure you subscribe. All right. Well, Jason, thank you for being on. It's been a lot of fun. And uh, hopefully I will see you on the cruise. Um, for everyone listening, we appreciate you guys being on tonight. We will have uh, Nikki, I think, is coming back at some point. So don't start writing me bitching that she wasn't on tonight. She's not that funny anyway. So uh, we will talk to you guys soon. Take care.